Hello, Sanctuary family. You know, this is such an odd time for us to be gathering together in this modality. It feels like we are missing, you know, the linking that we have, the connection that we have, the physicality of being in the same space. This is just so strange. It's almost like we're um, trying to just respond to the circumstances as though there were a flood coming. We're all throwing sandbags up, trying to do what we know to do. Uh, not living like we're used to living. This certainly isn't the way that's normative for the Christian experience. We're very glad that we have this space. We're very glad that we have the technology that we can continue to talk and share and minister in this way. But I want you to know that there's some sense in which we feel this is so pale. Um, we're thinking about meeting with some of our folks from Sanctuary, some of the medical people to say, what can we begin to do as the country begins to open up that we can connect with each other in safe, meaningful ways? And so we're just be watching as we talk about those things. Uh, we're a little bit conservative in terms of wanting to make sure that nobody is put at risk and that we're contributing to the good of our city and, and all the people that are involved with us. So thank you for your patience. This is the Sunday that we celebrate the, uh, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ as the good shepherd of our lives. And we want to look at a couple of texts that come to us from the lectionary. Uh, we're committed to doing the lectionary. It's a, it's a tool that calls us to consider various texts in Scripture that follow the events that are celebrated in the Christian calendar. And, the, uh, and, and year in and year out, it, it kind of is a great resource that helps pastors to not just focus on favorite passages, but on um, what is called the full counsel of God. And it's a great tool that's actually used by the majority of Christian churches around the world. Um, and so we jump into it. Today is called Good Shepherd Sunday, uh, addressing Jesus as the Good Shepherd. I, I love being a person of faith. Faith is certainly not about certainty. And uh, it's really about a call from another dimension, an eternal one, one that's jammed with mystery and wonder. And faith claims that God exists. It, it, it claims that Jesus Christ is still living in a resurrected human body. This is Easter time when we celebrate that idea that he's risen from the dead after suffering and through his passion. But that he's existing right now, living in a resurrected human body in some dimension where he's sitting at the right hand of God. The right hand of God is uh, kind of a nod to sovereignty, God's sovereign power. It's the stuff of God. And when we look at Jesus, we have to look at him in more than one way. I mean, he is the one who came to us in time 2,000 years ago, but he also is the one that lives outside of time. So when the church talks about Jesus, it sometimes sounds confusing, right? So we talk about the fact that Jesus came, he lived, he was crucified in time, and yet sacred text claims that he was crucified from the foundation of the world. In other words, outside of time. So what Jesus did actually happened in time, but it happened beyond time too, right? Kind of confusing. The claim uh, of the scripture is that there are two realms. There's a temporal realm, the timed realm, and the eternal realm. And though they are inextricably joined, they're different. And as a result, Paul says that when we try to look into eternity from our temporal or our timed point of view, that we see through a glass darkly. 
And so we have this tension between two dimensions that are played out in the lectionary readings that we have this morning. First, in our gospel text, Jesus is talking about his role as a shepherd as he comes into the world. And Jesus tells us in John 10, he says, Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter into the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in some other way, is a thief and a robber. He says, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. Here Jesus is describing his role in time. Uh, He's describing himself as the good shepherd. And as the good shepherd, he comes into the lives of people in the right way, through the appropriate gate. And he comes into their lives for the right reasons, to care for them, to guard them, not to take from them or to steal from them or to some way abuse them. Jesus is the good shepherd. And then in verse 4, it says, when he has brought out this good shepherd, has brought out all his own. He goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because, he said, they know his voice. So what he's saying is Jesus is saying that the the good shepherd is the one who isn't there to take, but has a commitment to lead and to protect. And there is this sense of safety and intimacy and that the shepherd of the sheep, the shepherd-sheep relationship, the sheep know the shepherd's voice and they know that the shepherd cares for them and knows them. And then in verse five, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize of stranger's voice. So Jesus, again, is explaining who he is in time, that he's this good shepherd, that it comes in in an appropriate gate and that the gatekeeper approves him coming in. So there's a sense of respect for what is. And he's operating in time. He's not there to steal, to kill, or to destroy, like other shepherds do. But that he's there to care for, and to love, and to guide, and to protect. But then, interestingly, he goes on in, you know, from speaking of himself as a good shepherd who has entered the gate in an appropriate way to love and care for the sheep uh, in a way that, again, not gives or doesn't take rather or steal or destroy from them to calling himself the gate. I mean, a moment ago, he just referred to himself as the good shepherd who goes through the gate. But now he shifts and says, actually, I am the gate. It says, therefore, in verse seven, Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. He says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and will find pasture. The thief, he says, only comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. (laughs) So here's the question. Which one is it? Is Jesus the good shepherd who comes through the gate? Or is he the gate? The answer is, he's both. So remember who Jesus is when you zoom out from this in time place. 
I mean, Jesus is the one who walks on water. He's the one who speaks to storms and they listen to him. So he has control over creation. He claims that he could have called a legions or legions of angels to cancel the whole cross thing. So when you zoom out from the story of Jesus being the good shepherd in the midst of the people, you discover that he's actually God in flesh. He's not just in time as a shepherd who goes through a gate. When you zoom out, he's actually God who is the gate. So you see him when you zoom in as the son of man, the servant, the shepherd who surrenders his life for the good of the world. Jesus, though, is more than one realm being. He's a double realmed being who's both inside time, but outside of time. He's both deeply engaged in time as a man who serves us as our shepherd, but he's outside of time as the one who makes the whole concept of shepherding a possibility. It's in this tension of being inside and outside of time that can make things that are spiritual sound a bit contradictory. It makes the way in God, in which God relates to us sometimes confusing. Again, when you zoom in, you see Jesus entering the shepherding relationship with the disciples in a way that is right through the gate. He is selfless. He is caring. He is protecting. He's giving his life for the sheep. He's not a thief. He is not in this to take anything from anyone. But then as you zoom out, you discover he is the gate. He is the reason that the sheep and the pasture even exist. This is outside of time aspect of who Jesus is. You zoom in, you see him as shepherd. You zoom out and you see the reason the shepherding motif even exists is Jesus Christ. You zoom in, Jesus is acting in time. You zoom out, he is acting outside of time, making it possible for time and actions within time to even exist because Jesus is a double-realmed being. When you see this, texts like Psalm 23 begin to make more sense. Such a beautiful passage that we heard today. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. See, this is the image of the caring, loving shepherd that Jesus was describing himself to be in John chapter 10. The one who doesn't steal or kill or destroy. He's, he, he's here and he's here to care. But then in Psalm 23, things shift and you start to scratch your head a little bit because even though he's the shepherd, the claim is that we walk sometimes to the darkest valley. And he says, even if we walk through that, the psalmist says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So here the shepherd who is also God doesn't end up keeping us out of places where we would expect him to keep us from. The darkest valley, which other translations call the valley of the shadow of death. He doesn't keep us from those. But instead, it says in verse 5, that he prepares a table before us. But it's in the presence of our enemies. I mean, what's going on? I think it's important to recognize that the shepherd's work in time is to care for us, to guide us in the midst of what happens in time. 
problems, hardships. Because in this world, it's Irenaeus, second century church father, who calls this world a soul-forming world. As God, Jesus would be the one that wouldn't want us to be in the valley. I mean, our enemies would not be present. I mean, ultimately, outside of time from eternity, that's going to be true. From eternity, our shepherd sees all things well. From eternity, uh, the end of Psalm 23 is what is the end game. Surely goodness and love, will mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's the end game. This is God's ultimate will. But the claim is that our shepherd, that as our shepherd, Jesus is acting in the world. Ultimately, he will bring all things into conformity with God's will from outside of time. But, and, and from the standpoint of eternity, I mean, we would not be uh, going through the valley of the shadow of death. We wouldn't be sitting in the presence of our enemies. I mean, from an eternal perspective, God is always working to bring things into his will where there's a future win. But God doesn't just act outside of time. He's not just the one who acts from eternity. He's also in time with us as our shepherd. And he's with us. And when he's with us, win isn't his only concern. He's with us when the win hasn't been won yet. Why? Because our shepherd is not just for the win. Our shepherd is for our development. This is a soul-forming world, and we need to be formed. Our development is why God doesn't just complete his will instantly. <laughs> I grew up in a rural community, and years ago when I was a kid, uh, uh, one of the farmers gave us some uh, eggs that hadn't been hatched yet that had chicks inside. But what they told us is, don't break the egg, because the chick that's inside will only be ready to face the world outside if it develops the strength of pushing against the shell until it breaks it. There's something about resistance. There's something about hardship. There's something about difficulty. There's something about suffering that helps us become better humans. So when our shepherd is working in our lives in time, the goal isn't just a win. The goal is development. Now, he obviously acts outside of time as well. I mean, when you zoom in, he's with us in time without abolishing all the trouble that we have because winning isn't his only concern. But when you zoom out, you realize he is outside of time as well and winning is his ultimate concern. So we can have hope that we win eventually when we let him shepherd us in the now. We win ultimately if we let him enter our struggle now. That's why the psalm goes, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There will be a day when we enter rest, when the shepherd who shepherds us from outside of time will cross every T and dot every I, where all wrongs will be put to right. In the meanwhile, as we zoom in, as we look at today, and if we let him lead us, he'll lead us beside quiet waters. And, and what's dry and brown in our lives, he'll green up. I mean, it can be scary, and your enemies may be at hand, but our shepherd is working.
is helping to form our soul. And if we say yes, growth will come. He promises to anoint our head with oil and says that our cup will overflow, which means you will have more than you need. See, because God is both inside time working with us and outside time fulfilling his ultimate dream, the game is rigged. If you stay in it, you win.